This week on Behind the Meat Curtains, we have Eris, a stripper who decided to begin her dancing career at the age of 40. We learn what it's like to begin dancing at 40 and what drove her to begin dancing. We also meet Ryan, a bouncer at the club who's not coincidentally her boyfriend. He also has a history of being an adult entertainer, and we get to hear the perspective from the male side. So, without further ado, sit back and enjoy another episode of Behind the Meat Curtains. Welcome to Behind the Meat Curtains. I'm Kat. I'm the Brad. Um, today we have two of my co-workers in here, and I don't really know how to explain them other than them introducing themselves. <laughs> Hi, I'm Eris. And I'm Ryan. Okay, uh, introduce yourself and what you do at the club. I'm a dancer at the club. I'm a bouncer. Cool. Where did you start at the club, though, Eris? <laughs> I started out as the VIP hostess, uh, counting dances, trying to sell dances and ultra lounges. Yeah, what is, more specifically, what does a VIP hostess do? It's certainly a sales position. There's, there's like admin stuff like i said counting dances making sure you know how many dances a girl did um finding the waitress if somebody in the champagne vip ultra lounge needs them um and then at the end of the night it's the nuts and bolts of making sure everyone uh pays at the end of the night so you know that part of the club that i don't Mm -hmm. know if everybody knows yeah i don't think i I don't even think we've brought it up on here right so that's kind of the reason i wanted to to expand on to it. To talk about it. Right. So the, I don't, it's slightly different at every club, but dancers owe fees. And on the weekends, when there's a lot of lap dances happening, um, someone needs to keep track of them because dancers are human. And if they can skip telling you about a dance, they probably will <laughs> and not owe the house. And then at the end of the night, you add all of those up and present them with a receipt and say, hey, this is how much you owe the house. And this is, like I said, it's done differently um, at every club. But in general, and a lot of people don't know this, dancers actually pay to dance. We, we are paying essentially to rent the space to be there. Yeah, and beyond per table dance, you also pay just to be at the club. Right, the house fee. So you've got the house fee, then you pay per dance, or, you know, our club has the shower show, so you pay for that. Um, You, yeah, you you pay. And on top of that, you tip everybody out, too. So there's a lot of money that goes out. (laughs) Yeah, and a lot of pressure to make sure that you make money because you don't want to walk away with less than you did when you yeah. when you went to your job, which is yeah. a possibility. Yeah, oh yeah, it's a possibility. You can go into work and have no one show up, and then you owe the house $25 or whatever it is, and that comes out of your pocket. Yeah, I guess it also wasn't explicitly said, you guys don't make an hourly rate. No, not at this club, although I have heard there's clubs that do do that. It's wow, a, I didn't it's know that. In, it's in California, which isn't beneficial for the dancers. Yeah, no, I hear that the, that setup is not great. You guys are independent contractors. Yes, which I love. That means I make my own schedule and do what I want to do or need to do when. It's one of the reasons to become a dancer, yeah. I think. 100%. 100%. You are literally an entrepreneur and doing. you are running your own business and you are the product. But back to the hostess thing... Um, I feel like the hostess, as an employee, is 
they do the most there as an employee and get paid the least amount of money. They don't get tipped the way that a bartender or the wait staff is. I mean, you're required to tip your bouncers, required to tip the DJ, um, and, you know, people just tip your wait staff. But, nope, the hostess, like, you really have to work for it. And now it's, you're like our bookie. <laughs> and you set yourself up to be the bad guy because you're the one that's like, this is how many dances you did. Yeah. Well, so that can go ton a ton of different ways, right? So when I first started the job, there's, of course, learning the ropes, learning the computer system, all that stuff. And learning how a strip club works from a staff side, which is totally different than the dancer side. Um, there's a lot of similarities in it with, say... Um, <laughs> service dog in training whining in the background <laughs> um say the restaurant industry service industry in terms of you do have to know the back end of how things work you've got to be savvy there you got to know how the computer works but again it's sales and sales is relationships so when i got in there the first thing i did in two days was learn the 50 dancers names <laughs> that's impressive yeah because and then try to learn how each of them worked what kind of personality they had. So how did I talk to one dancer versus another dancer? And then on top of that, how do I sell the dancer to whoever was walking by me? Because the way we're set up, my little stand was um, everybody had to go past me to go to the bathroom. <laughs> so um, I ended up talking to a lot of guys. And I figured out pretty quickly that if I dressed the part of... VIP hostess person in charge that a lot of the customers would ask me for advice. And as soon as I sorted that out and just had like boss bitch, vibe, boss bitch vibes on top of, you know, also running things, that's when it became easier to sell. And the more you sell the girls, the more they'll tip you out. Oh, yeah. And you looked banging you'd wear <laughs> yeah. you'd wear the business coat yep. with like almost nothing under and yes. like she looks hot yeah <laughs> right heels short shorts that you couldn't see under a jacket <laughs> yeah yeah and that was so it's you know you have to create your persona there and then from there do the sales in a way that convinced people and I it actually more often than not, they would come up to me and be like, exactly how did this work? And then they would try to pay me for the girls' dances. And I was like, no, you pay her, but you can tip me. And that was another way to make the money. I'd be like, yeah, here's my tip jar. <laughs> I think that's... What I've found from listening to stories is there's very much... The concept of being friends with your coworkers isn't something that really thrives inside yeah. the building. Yeah, yeah. So I think that's good... That's a good strategy that you took on there because I think a lot of people don't realize that you can make your life a lot easier if you just... Money is what makes the world go around. It greases all the wheels. And so if I could get more dances for a dancer um, or extend their, you know, say they had somebody do a 30-minute ultra, I would go in there and be like, hey... Do you want to spend more time with our lovely lady here? If not, she's heading back on stage. Whatever it was, if I could extend that, they got a whole they got a whole nother payment. So, yeah, it was about the money. But I mean, 
I'm still human. I still do relationship things. I cheered every girl. I was like, oh, you got three? Fuck yeah. <laughs> but it's good for a dancer to know that you should be nice to your, nice to your wait staff, like the people that you work with, because, or it, the dan- like dancers on dancers as well, because some of them will sell a shower show and they'll be like, oh, I want one more girl. And it's like, you're going to grab the one that's nice to you. Yeah. Or they'll bring the funny money credit card to you. Or, you know, you, su- you support the people that support you like yes and and they'll and you know they'll want you to go and be part of it yeah and I carried that over when I did switch over to dancing I mean I still do it like I can't all of us know we're on the floor we're not for everybody you're gonna you're gonna hear so many no's from so many different people but I'll often ask oh who are you waiting for and then then I can find that girl and send them that way or whatever it is like I still do that which I think is unusual for dancers especially the ones who've been in the industry and are jaded as fuck but yeah you're within your 90 days yeah i'm within (laughs) my 90 days but it's not it's there's no skin off my back to to do that and it's not any extra effort for me and i already came from a position where i was already selling other people as well so i just i operate under the belief that there's enough money to go around and if we all work together you actually make more i think that's the right yeah and i think not many people have that no because it actually takes a level of confidence and maturity that not a lot of human beings period i'm not just talking about dancers but human beings in general are so stuck in lack and competition and scarcity mentality that to even begin to think like that doesn't enter the picture so you know whatever I do things a little bit differently there but I am still a baby stripper <laughs> and maybe I will change the way I do it they always say because I was a I was a hostess for two and a half years when I first started working for the club and they're like oh what's the difference between a door girl and a stripper I'm like what three weeks how long did you last <laughs> okay I, I want to <laughs> clarify something I always wanted to be a dancer I came in to learn the back end of things because that's how I work. And I have done that in everything in my life. So I will just say that's a unique thing to me. Okay, before we, we go too far down that way, I want to ask the question that we always ask. And it's probably going to be the same answer. That's why I wanted to. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and that is um, the origin story. Like, as I preface this every time, working at a strip club is a unique job. It's not <laughs> yes. a, lot, a job that a lot of people would consider doing uh, at at any level, even dancer or whatever. So what is, and this question is for both of you guys, what is your origin story? What made you decide to like, oh, this is something that I want to do? Okay, so I've actually been a dancer my whole life. Like age five, I was on stage. Uh, So that part was just normal and natural to me. And performing, normal thing. Working at a strip club well there's a lot of money to be made right like that's pretty well known for most people that and that's what that's the place where they just have to get over the hump of like yeah but it's for take it's you get that money for taking your clothes off and that's the thing that stops most people but if that wasn't there everybody would do it because you make a lot of money right like say bartending so basically how did I get over that little hump I got old (laughs) I turned 40 and stopped giving a shit and was like, oh, man, I, I have a sense of self. Nothing anyone can say to me is really going to make me forget who I am. 
also this thing called the male gaze exists and I might as well make money off of it. Do you think that this is something that you wouldn't have done when you were 30, 35? Like, what's the cutoff there? No, I mean, I think I wanted to be a dancer, a stripper for, like, most of my life. I remember very specifically being in high school and being very intrigued by the whole thing. But, of course, it was taboo because I was young and also societal culture uh, pressures and whatnot. Um, so it's always been in the back of my mind. I've had the interest, but I, I can say with 100% clarity that I did not have the sense of self-confidence to do it at 30 versus at being at 40 when I was like oh fuck whatever <laughs> take my clothes off and pay me I mean you guys have seen me people will not be at the stage but they'll be staring and I'll demand money <laughs> that's just like that feels right <laughs> because people stare at me anyway and they always have so well, you're I'm stunning Thank you. <laughs> Thank you. In fact, the other day I went to the grocery And you're not wearing a bra. I, you know, that, I never have. <laughs> I never have. Yeah, I went to the grocery store the other day, and some guy, like, just about broke his neck watching me walk by. And my, immediately th- my immediate thought was, that's 30 bucks, motherfucker. <laughs> and I think um, it has a lot to do with, like, just the waters we swim in. We do. We have that male gaze around us all the time. Might as well make money from it, you know, and whatever hangups you have about it or other people have outside of you, you just have to get over it. So this was just something that you always kind of considered and yeah. at some point you were like, yeah, fuck it, why not? I mean, what is there not to love about a gorgeous woman in heels, hardly wearing anything, seducing you through dance? Like, come on, who doesn't respond to that? And it doesn't matter what gender you are, what your sexual preference is, whatever. When you see that kind of beauty coming at you, yeah, you're going to stop and stare. So that's my take on it. And, and also, it is a money game. Like, give me the money. <laughs> so you also weren't a hostess who decided to become a dancer. No. You were a dancer who decided to become a hostess yeah. and then become a dancer. To learn the ropes and then get in there, yeah. And that's just my personal way of doing things. Do you plan on ever dancing at other clubs or trying to? Oh, hell yeah. Um, I'm, I'm sensitive to the cold. <laughs> and where we are is cold. So I'm heading out this winter to someplace warm. And I'm going to go dance. I'm going to go dance there. And I'm excited about it. I just, yeah, it just feels right. I said the other day, I feel like my whole life built up to me being a stripper. <laughs> and you I, finally hit your goal. I, finally, I was I an engineer for a while. Yeah. <laughs> and like, I know as those words come out of my mouth, there are going to be people who have a lot to say about it, but you know, it's my life, not theirs. So it just feels right on. Does your family know that you started this or oh, started doing this? Uh, yeah. Um, so my, brother one of my brothers I told him I'm like oh I'm so sick and tired of what I'm doing it's so stupid he literally this was months ago mind you before I was actually working at the club he goes why don't you just be a traveling stripper and I was like whoa did he pick that thought out of my head (laughs) and here we are this is yeah I think so no judgment from the family no just surprise they're always like oh but and then they go oh oh my gosh oh yeah. Yeah. <laughs> That's really cool because as we ask different dancers that 
we get kind of the the threshold of all the different answers that that one could possibly get like what one of them was you know they still don't know like danced for years and still don't know. oh she was a dancer for 15 years yeah 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 they still don't know yeah yeah i mean pick your battles man my family i knew my family wouldn't care i also didn't give a shit about what they said or thought and that also again back to that whole being 40 and not giving a shit anymore like just don't care what they think or thought i'm not concerned about their reaction towards me whatever i'm gonna do me yeah the high school vibe wears off year over after year after year (laughs) yes yeah you really stop caring about how you might look to others yeah yeah but i still want to hear your story like what makes what made you decide to work at a strip club did you bounce prior to that he's our first male stripper on the show i am (laughs) (laughs) um my story started way young um so when i was 17 18 um i had a bunch of hot moms always wanting me to (laughs) Always wanting me to like do the bachelorette parties. And Were you a pool boy? I was, I was something of the sort, yes. Oh, all right. <laughs> um, I would do private shows. I would do a lot of different kinds of sex work. Um, I was definitely like a sugar baby kind of thing going on for years. Um, but the uh, thing that got me into stripping was like hardcore, like wanting to do it for my whole life because it makes so much money. Um was I got super wasted one day. I was in Ohio, and I ran across these guys that were headed to Canada. And I was just like, why not? Because, you know, people do that, right? And so I like, jumped in the car, and then next thing I knew, I was waking up. I blacked out. So then I woke up, and I was on a bench in Ontario, and all my stuff was gone, and I was stranded. Wow. <laughs> yeah, and uh, I just started walking, and there was a Chippendales, and I went in, and got a job and I made first night I made like 650 and I was like okay and I had enough to go home but I just stayed for two weeks because <laughs> I was having fun everyone was partying everyone's so inviting um, I was, oh I bet oh. <laughs> <laughs> I mean you take your take your clothes off and swing your dick people are gonna love you right? <laughs> sometimes yeah, I there was a homeless guy who did me in high hard school hard in an alley and no. I was going to say, I wouldn't try it in church yes. service, but. <laughs> I guess my, my perspective. <laughs> it's a little off. <laughs> so where'd you go from then? Well, after that, I went back, went back home and it, it, it was hit and miss because I was, I grew up Catholic. So I was like a lot of shame and guilt growing up and stuff. So it was a lot of like private, private end shows. Like a lot of they had that uh, pure romance parties and stuff. So they'd hire me to do like sexy naked cocktail waitress, and I'd always end up getting like hundreds of dollars doing that. Just here, hit and miss, because I had a bunch of friends that would put those on. And was this a secret from your family? I mean, no, it wasn't intentional secret. My family just didn't care like to ask me questions. So, <laughs> well, so. yeah, that'll do it too. <laughs> So I just, uh, from there, just a uh, while, took, took a break from it, and then I got back into, like, sex work, and would, uh, and then recently I got back into, like, bachelorette parties and everything, and I have my own little side business um, um, just for tonight. That's what it's called. Oh. <laughs> and that's your, it's like an escort service. It's a, yeah, it's a like a companion. Companionship. Um, 
whatever you need it. Uh, I don't do any sexual anything, but not anymore. Not anymore. <laughs> <laughs> so, did you deal with any of the internal guilt at first? At first, that's why I got out of it for a little while, and then I had to figure me out, right? Um, so I, I had a lot of past stuff kept bubbling up that made it made it troublesome to do that with with a clear conscious and now it's I worked on it and I'm better I don't have any shame around it now I can go full force into it that religious sex shame is a real bummer yeah really? I had I had a bunch of that too and it can really kind of ruin your life for a bit yeah a lot of it like if people don't ever do anything about it their whole life yeah um, well, I did want this to be, um, partly, a strip club romance, <laughs> so I want to hear how you guys met. Um, we had one of those really cool meetings. Okay, so, I'm not, like, <laughs> I, I'm not a twin flame soulmate that thing seems kind of bullshit to me sometimes, or actually can be really manipulative, <laughs> but... I was helping a friend move. She invited me over. She asked me to bring pizza. And I was like, okay, I'll bring a pizza. And I walked in the front door, and there was this dude standing there. His back was to me, but all I could see was, like, his arms, <laughs> which are, I was like, Whew, who's that? And my friend was all, oh, hey, this is Ryan. And he turned around, and I felt like I was hit by a fucking freight train I was like I felt like I got blown backwards and I was like oh who is this guy he's hot as fuck oh pause for a second so I have a partner I'm very happy with but I've been working with with him for I don't know what a month or two now and I had to go pick up something from his house like and my boyfriend and I were like (laughs) getting picking up my groceries from the house that I left at the club and he had a shirt off Mm -hmm. and I was like oh my god (laughs) and my boyfriend and i were not getting along at the time and he was like this guy looks like a douchebag i was like (laughs) yeah he looks a lot different than me (laughs) for the audience he definitely looks like he could help you move your couch (laughs) (laughs) he's a good looking dude but but it was just funny so well go on i was like holy shit who's this guy but then my friend follows it up with this is so-and-so's boyfriend and the the person that Ryan was dating at the time was known to me and was like someone I kept quite a distance from. I call them rabid humans. Sometimes we have humans who are like so sick they don't even know it and they infect other people and we like should really stay away from them. So it was a rabid human that he was with and I was like red flag. <laughs> Bye. So we we talked on Instagram for a little bit and this was back in 2018 and then I don't know. He went off with her to Portland and I didn't see him again. And I blocked him too for being a douchebag. Um, <laughs> didn't want anything to do with him. I, I forgot about him. Didn't hear from him for like two years. And then in 2020, I guess I have it. It's like stamped on my Instagram and my DMS. There's a message from him, March 4th, 2018, nothing. And then a message from him, March 4th, 2020, and I hadn't talked to him in those two years. And I was like, oh, this guy. He was hot. I wonder what he's doing now. And he's like, oh, I'm divorced. And I'm like, oh, good. <laughs> so then we just started talking from then. And it was like no time had passed. That freight train feeling was still there. 
And at the time, I wanted to explore polyamory and kink, BDSM. And he has experience with both. And I was like, fucking perfect. Look at this. Universe just dropped this in my lap with a hot dude. Here we go. So that we went, I explored all kinds of stuff for that. Yeah. Yeah, I explored all kinds of things with that, um, with him. And it was perfect because he's one of the most open people I know. Like, truly doesn't have any judgment or hang-ups about whatever your kink might be or whatever it is. And so, I mean, I, that's why it works for me to be a dancer at the club he bounces at because he he's like, whatever, she's making money. Not Oh, he comes in and, like, spends yeah. it all. <laughs> Not just on you. He's like, oh, I put this much money on this girl's stage. He's like, but then I put the rest on hers. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah. So that's how, that's how we met. And what is this, 2022? So we're yeah, like, we're in the third year. year. Yeah, we're in yeah. year three. Just keep it, like, we just keep doing fun stuff. Mm-hmm. It's keep, super keeps fun. Keeps evolving, yeah. Yeah. I love your guys' relationship. I think it's so admirable. And then you guys don't even live together, but you do mm-hmm. the ceremony, which I'd like to hear, if you're comfortable talking about it. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. We'll get a little witchy on the podcast here. So um, <laughs> I've been married before, too. And Man, I really, I don't like the government being involved in my relationships, for one. Um, and there's just something about the the societal and religious constructs of marriage that feel really outdated to me. And so I, like, I just didn't want to do that anymore. However, all relationships need boundaries and agreements. It doesn't matter if it's your significant partner or your sister or whatever. You need to have a relationship or a boundaries and agreements. So... We decided to do something that's a little more traditional called a hand fasting ceremony, which my understanding of it is you agree to be with each other in a certain capacity for a year and a day. And when that year and a day is over, you can come back to each other and say, do you want to do it again? Do you want to take a little time off? If we do it again, how do you want the structure to look? Because I said earlier, we started out um, as, an, as an open relationship. It was totally open. That was what we decided for the first year right uh yeah i think so i think it was the first year and then by the second year i was like yeah i'm tired of that shit that's exhausting (laughs) i can barely manage myself and one another person i don't want to manage anyone else either with the boundaries and agreements so that's what we do is every year and a day last year we passed the year and a day mark which meant we were free agents for a while yeah we we were like no we're not going to re-up this yet. But then we decided to do the hand-fasting ceremony again, and mm. so we're... So say that word one more time, because I'm not catching it. Hand-fasting. Hand-fasting. Yeah, because it could sound like something else very yes, easily. Yes, it's not <laughs> hand-fasting. <laughs> yeah, so it's a, it's a ceremony where you just take whatever rope or whatever is around um, and literally tie the hands together while you say your temporary year and a day boundaries and agreements vows, whatever you want to call them. Yeah, I really like that. Mm-hmm. I uh, I uh, know someone else that I thought was really because again with the marriages can be messy. Yeah, and I I heard of someone else that in their marriage agreement said you know until this doesn't work anymore. Yes. You know. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, and that idea like kind of lifting the pressure of I've failed if this doesn't last forever. Yes. Yes, that's I mean that's part of that construct that we're all kind of brainwashed into believing fucking Disney and all their 
uh, Disney wedding stories of whatever that we all get married and live happily ever after. Like that's not real life. Yeah, yeah and people change. People change yeah. so fucking much. Yeah. Like months, years. Like yeah. they just do. I mean, you were a door girl just months ago, and now yeah. you're a full blown stripper. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. But it, I mean, but it does happen. Yeah. It, with age and yeah, and some people like to pretend that you're better if you don't change, and that's just bizarre to me. No, that is that's scary to yeah. me. That actually falls under the category of rabid human for me. I'm right, like, yeah. if you're not evolving, something is very wrong. I don't think they would explicitly say that, but they'll say, you know, people get mad if you change your mind on something like that. I'm like, well, no, but I thought about it. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> we literally change our whole like construct physical construct as humans every seven years like we're a totally different person just in that sense so why wouldn't it be in every sense yeah yeah right when our the cell turnover is yeah. every seven years yeah exactly yeah. <laughs> yeah so we just let the the relationship itself also has its own identity right there's me and then there's ryan we are our own separate self and then there's the overlap of the two of us that create a third thing, another relationship. Mm -hmm. And you know what? Sometimes that relationship has ideas that he and I have to get on board with afterwards. <laughs> We're like, wait, where is this going? Maybe we should check in. <laughs> oh, my God, right. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's so you started um, dancing fairly late in life. Yep. Uh, as compared to most dancers, I guess. Yes. What, what did you, I guess, what's the best way of saying this? Did anything surprise you? Like, this is what I thought dancing was, and this is what it actually is. Um, so far, no. Yeah. And I really think it has to do with the fact of being, like, 40 and seeing a lot of life already. And yeah, being an older dude myself, that's what I expected yeah. you to say. But yeah. we ask that of everybody. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I, th that's not to say something won't surprise me that I don't want to come off as arrogant and sounding like I know everything because I certainly don't um, but I I don't know I'm like oh essentially the club is a microcosm of human behavior so if you're paying attention to life at all outside of the club you're going to see the same stuff repeated in the club if I had to guess I would say you start getting surprised when you switch clubs because yeah. you have a paradigm right yes. now of what a club is yes and that I'm very well aware of I'm like oh okay this particular club is kind of a diamond in the rough. It is very unique in the way. And I know that just from working there on the VIP hostess side. And so I'm, that's why I'm excited to go to different clubs and see exactly how they work. Because um, I know that part is going to be, oh, okay. But I'm excited for it, right? It opens up your perceptions. You get new paradigms. And also just knowing that every club in and of itself is a fake reality that you step into. And you just got to remember that you are stepping into something and then you step out of it. It's one of the things that when I first started going to the club really fascinated me is like you, you enter this building where all of the rules change. Yes. Like you, you yeah. cannot, literally can't do that outside of those walls. <laughs> and yet it, it exists in a certain harmony inside of there. It's, it's a magical world like Disneyland. <laughs> Yeah, but without clothes. Yeah. <laughs> all the Disney princesses are not wearing clothes in the club. That's all. <laughs> yeah, I mean, they black out the windows and like, and everything. There's like no outside world when you're in that box. Mm -hmm. Right. Like, <laughs> it might as well not be an outside world when mm -hmm. you're in there. Mm -hmm. Yeah. 
It's very strictly a realm that we've created where it's okay to do certain things. And yeah. Is the club the first place that you ever bounced? Uh, no, I've, I've bounced at numerous clubs uh, in town and I've done like private security and stuff. So I, I'm well versed in that. Did anything about bouncing in a strip club surprise you? Uh, the only difference is getting tipped out by yeah. everyone. Because I've only got tipped out by the bartenders at all my previous places. Yeah, you're kind of unique in that because a lot of the bouncers are like, oh, this is a whole different gig when you're doing it in a strip club. And if- I mean, it's not too too different. You're still like protecting and vigilant. and Right. Yeah, it's not that big a change. And you're there to se- help sell the girls. That's, that's the biggest part. Like, um, like I, I'll help girls get ultras and dances. And I'll, if one girl's facing the other way, I'll look at the guys and say, hey, that guy just checked you out pretty hard, and they'll go get a dance from him. <laughs> yeah. So, I mean, I, I, work, I work the guys just as much as the girls do for the girls. That's cool. That is key because I don't think other bouncers do that. And, again, back to, like, you got to make – even as a bouncer, yeah, sure, you get salary, but you really kind of got to make your own money on top of what you already get. And so him selling the – girls makes yeah potentially makes more money yeah it's, but it's not expected i have a belief if i expect something i'm probably not going to get it <laughs> <laughs> yep. expecting something is the first step to being disappointed exactly. so yes <laughs> yeah i like to say expectations will fuck you but it's okay to have preferences yeah. <laughs> i just like helping people so that's why i do security that's why i help the girls and that's that in that it's a reward in itself for me that's cool do you have another question? Yeah. <laughs> okay. Right I'll come up with something. You had a big idea for this. So I just wanted to make sure I don't walk over anything. Oh, no. Okay. I think. Oh, no. I was going to – yeah, you guys were talking. So um, <laughs> I wanted to know, has anybody said anything about your age? I, you don't look – I, I, I do want to know this because there are a lot of you, – you, like I said, you look amazing. But has anybody, like, ever come by and said – like, how long have you been doing this? Or oh god, yeah, yeah. I mean, all the time. Um, they. Uh, I want to give inspiration for girls that like, or for women yeah. that want to who do, do it, it yeah. who like don't be afraid to do it. Like, yeah. But you do have to have a thick skin, from what we've learned. You have to have a yes. thick skin. You, yeah, you have to have a thick skin, and um, so nobody in the club so far, in my what like six weeks of dancing <laughs> that's why you're so positive if there's a 90 day threshold like yeah. everybody's good for nine days and then it like hits you and then you're just like i hate everyone <laughs> you know, i swear part of that has to do with the fact that the, the the self-care aspect is so key you have to get your sleep you have to feed yourself you have to freaking smudge <laughs> like yeah, get that energy, stuff off the energetic off you. cleansing after yeah. work every day or you're gonna take something home from work yeah and there's uh, there's been enough so like night if i was doing a desk job for 90 days i would try to claw my eyes out right that would just kill me i couldn't do something like that but number one i'm doing something i really like which i do like to dance and perform and Sometimes people forget to throw money, but they'll give me a standing ovation, and I'm like, hell yeah, whatever, that's just how I work. But, like, it's a better, it's a good fit for me, so I'm watching for the burnout, and I'm taking care of myself. So that's the first thing I want to say, especially if you're thinking about dancing older. Like, your body is older, so you better have recovery practices in place. Before COVID, we have a day shift, and there was a girl 
who I've been trying to get on here, but she'll never do it. Who was like pushing 60. Yeah. In, nice. And she, I mean, got the crowd going and yeah. everything during the day. Like yeah. she had her regulars and she had a nice life. She had like a farm, like a house, like everything. <laughs> she was great. Yeah. And people like, would talk about her. Yeah. But I've, I've said on past podcasts and I truly believe this. I think more than what you look like, and I won't, don't want to pretend like what you look like isn't important, right, but more yeah. than what you look like is like mm-hmm. how you how you approach the job. Yeah. I think when I, when I see older dancers who aren't getting as much money, and by older dancers I could even mean younger than you, right. it, a lot of it is just because the job is worn at them. Yes. And they walk up to customers and like, you want to dance? <laughs> you, know, you know, and there's just this this weight on them yeah. that, that... Or they cry at the bar. Like, <laughs> I'm... Guys, like, how are you doing? I haven't gotten any dances tonight. I have to pay my own bar tab. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and if you, can, if you can keep in mind that self-care, yes. that just... Yeah trying to let it not get to you, then you can have a pretty long span at a job like that. And, like, I I know we're talking about stripping, but this is also for life. (laughs) You know, like, this applies to your life, whatever job you're doing. Aren't you a life coach on the side? Yes, I'm a life coach on the side. Is that showing? (laughs) (laughs) Is that coming out? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Okay, so back to your question about, like, did anybody ever talk to you about that? What could possibly be the answer to that question? Well, you'll have to wait next week to find out. Our theme music is from Tribe of Noise. You can find them at www.tribeofnoise.com. Thanks to our host, Backside Kegs. You can find them at 740 Northeast 3rd Street, Suite 6, Bend, Oregon, 97701. Stop in sometime. You might see us recording. Listen to us on Spotify, Google Podcasts, Amazon Music, Pride Music, or wherever you listen to podcasts. If you enjoyed this podcast, please give us a positive rating. We are a new podcast and would really appreciate the support. And you can find us on the web at www.behindthemeatcurtains.com or write us at info at behindthemeatcurtains.com.